GFS episode number 55. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Paul Hacker. Well, guys, we've had some exciting news this week. Have you been watching your, your blog feeds and everything else? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you're there, right? You're there on the ground at ALM Summit? Live from Microsoft. That's right. I'm actually backstage in what's officially called a green room. Most people call it a cupboard, but uh, it's officially a green room. <laughs> what building? What area are they doing the ALM Summit at? It's in Building 33, which is the, the conference center. Um, it's, okay. Yeah, the big fancy conference center. It's next door to the executive briefing center as well, so it's where we bring all the <laughs> Yeah, visitors. nice. So, Mark, what, what's the big thing for you? What's the big announcement? Yeah, I suspect the listeners of this show have probably already heard the news. I hope you have anyway, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get the show out there. So in case you haven't heard already, um, we are bringing uh, Git version control to the Team Foundation service, and then it will be arriving in Team Foundation server in the next major release. Um, so yeah, you get to pick between a TFVC, so traditional uh, centralized version control system that TFS has already provided. You get to pick between that or um, a Git repository when you create your your team project in TFS, and then you still get all the same powerful you know features of TFS. It's all linked in, all the work items, all the agile planning, all the test case management, all that stuff is all there. All goodness is just there it's just brilliant and it's all tightly integrated so um yeah so all those conversations you've been having with people and you know having the the religious debates about which type of version control workflow they want to follow um we now support them all uh both from traditional check-in check-out types ways of working to uh, you know local workspaces to be in in edit commit ways of working through to distributed work uh, distributed version control you can do whichever workflow you want and still use tfs and track everything in tfs and have all that nice traceability of bugs to work items to builds to all that sort of good stuff so that's pretty big news and then the second bit of big news was um that we have uh, done a Git provider for a Git tools for Visual Studio. So you can, um, inside Visual Studio, is full support for Git um, inside of Team Explorer, you know, and you can connect to uh, Git repositories, both Git repositories in TFS, but also, you know, Git repositories just locally and Git repositories um, on GitHub or Coplex or Bitbucket or wherever. Uh, you can it just works and you can happily hack away in visual studio and and commit and then push up to your your git repository if you want to and it comes with all like merge capabilities and you know merge conflict stuff and built-in solution explorer integration and you can switch branches in a second it's all all really good stuff nice so is the uh team foundation service that's that's real git it's not some sort of bridge or some hacky thing but it's real yeah real git git <laughs> yeah, it's just Git. So uh, um, you can use, you know, if you're using a tool like Xcode, you can just point it at the, your repository in TFS in the cloud, and it just works. It's just Git. If you want to point um, the command line at it, it just works. You know, it is just Git. You can't actually, you can't, you can't fake Git. You know what I mean? It's the the network protocol is Git. It just is Git. So um, yeah, it just works. Now, there's a few like little things. If you do when you're doing a commit, if you do, um, say, if you're in Xcode um, and you say, you know, you do fixes and then you do pound one two three or hash one two three, um, then it will associate that commit with work item one two three once you've pushed it to the server. 
So, you know, it's clever enough to do that sort of thing and set up work item links between commits and, and work items and things when you're to the server. Uh, but no, it, it, it's just Git. It's wow, why Git? Why? You know, there's other DVCS systems out there. Why did Microsoft choose Git as the one to go with? Well, okay, yeah. So, um, a few reasons. Uh, um, basically, we wanted distributed version control. And I, I know we've had many discussion on this show before, especially when we introduced local workspaces. Greg kept calling it DVCS-like. And I was like, no, it isn't. Because <laughs> I was working on DVCS-like. And I was like, it really isn't, okay? DVCS is just completely different to centralized version control. It's a bit like, um, you know, we went from functional programming to object-oriented programming. You have to have that kind of different brain. You know, you have to think right. differently. It's the same with DVCS. You have to think differently. And you have to... because um, it's fundamentally different. It's a disruptive technology. It's it's very different to centralized version. Uh, so we needed, but it's got certain advantages in, in, you know, it's obviously got advantages when working with open source projects because open source workflows uh, are very well suited to DVCS. But it's um, it's also well suited to, we see a lot of, you know, developers in doing like little modular applications that are sort of well contained and um, maybe the, uh, doing some work outside the firewall and then sending changes over. A lot of the times, you, the stuff you used to do, Greg, where you you get a bunch of work in from some other company in a different, you know, in a different continent, and they want to send you a bunch of stuff, and then you want to integrate it in with your mainline solution, and you want to have it all tied up to work items and still have all that good reporting. Or maybe you've got some Xcode developers, that sort of thing. You want to hook those guys in. So we knew we needed DVCS. DVCS we had to we had to have. Um, and then we started looking about how we should build DVCS into TFS. Um, and it was either basically options are, you know, buy or build sort of thing. You know. So we had a look and um, looking at building it, you know, it, you know, we could certainly go build our own DVCS tool and try and extend like local workspace concepts. So you could do commits locally and things. But the more we looked at it, the more um, Git was winning in the space, not just not just adoption. Though, you know, the adoption of Git is, you know, rapidly increasing more than the adoption of any other DVCS tool. Uh, that was one reason. It, you know, more people are using it and there's a network effect there. But also all the DVCS tools that aren't Git can interoperate with Git. Um, all the development environments like Xcode and, you know, whatever, uh, IntelliJ and things, all those can talk to Git and Eclipse as well already has a great Git integration. So... You've got all these tools out there that already talk to Git. You've got all the DVCS tools out there, all the DVCS providers out there also interoperate with Git. So it's like, well, Git's kind of won the DVCS space. And then we started looking at a few other things, like um, uh, when your um, Git gets used, almost like um, developers' sort of version of FTP, Git's really good at transferring deltas of files across the network and making sure that the right versions of files have been put somewhere without having to copy, you know, without having to do a complete copy of the entire uh, project. It's very, very good at that, very efficient. And so people are using it more and more as a deployment protocol for web applications. So being able to push up web apps into Windows Azure or into Heroku or App Harbor or Facebook or whatever, you know, it's being used more and more there to, to do that kind of work, which was interesting. So now... Not only have we got to, um, you know, interoperate with Git at a at a sort of low, you know, a low level, we also we'd also have to interoperate with Git at the network level. And then it's like, well, the network level 
for Git is actually just the Git repository sort of flying over the wire. So really, we might as well use the Git repository as a file format, in which case we might as well just use Git, because <laughs> then we don't have to go build it all. So it was like, well, let's use Git. So then we had to have that whole conversation, well, how do we use Git? And there's obviously, there was some appetite for um, building an entirely, you know, .NET-based um, Git library, but then we have to figure out what to do for cross-platform people. So then we're thinking, we had this discussion the other week, Greg, what should we do? What do you do for cross-platform development? Right. And I was saying, well, cross-platform portable C is kind of the way to go now. At the heart of the Git integration inside Visual Studio is a library called libgit2 which is a, a portable, an open-source portable C library. So it's C code, which compiles on Windows or Mac OS X or the Linux or the Raspberry Pi or Amiga OS or whatever, you know. It just compiles anywhere, basically, with a good C compiler. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a, just a C library that can talk the Git repository file format. And so our, um, our Visual, um, Visual Studio integration talks to this, uh, this open-source libgit2 library there another open source library called libgit2 sharp which is um some open source um bindings around libgit2 to make it more more dotnetty and that's that's how that's how that works and yeah it was pretty good really so we we had to be able to contribute to this open source project you know and make sure that they were happy enough um accepting our contributions and they were the, the guys there at the libgit2 project have been amazingly helpful and We've even earned, you know, we've got engineers working full time who, who are committers on the project now. We've we've committed that much code to it, so they've been really cool, and we're working together with them to to bring the libgit2 library. You know, it's it's nearly at 1.0, so we're bringing it up to 1.0, and then we'll keep working with the community there and keep improving on the library. And it's good because you know, not just it's not just Visual Studio building our Git tooling on top of libgit2, GitHub build their tooling on top of libgit2 as well. And so features that we build benefit the GitHub guys. Features that the GitHub guys build benefit our guys. There's other people, independents and other companies in the space, also using libgit2 and contributing features to libgit2. So basically, uh, we all get to share the development effort of the um, this actual the library and make sure that it's a portable, standard way of talking to Git repositories and make sure that we don't get um, deviations from, you know, quote, standard git you know it's all one library talking to git how much of a battle was it you know politically legally that kind of stuff to do that open source kind of baking that into visual studio now honestly it 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 amazed me that it wasn't a battle it wasn't a battle at all everybody was incredibly supportive of it um there were a few people i mean you know there are people in microsoft who haven't had much experience working with open source projects before. And so like a typical question would be, well, you know, how do we how do we agree on the roadmap for this project? How do we, you know, who's the manager I go to when I want to get some feature put in, you know? And I'm right. like, no, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> you know, you've got to open source projects value contribution. So we've just got to go to the project with a bunch of, you know, good code and say, hey, this is the way we, this is some good code we need. Do you want it? And they say yes, hopefully. And you say, here, here's some more good code that we need. Would you like it? And yeah. And, you know, that's how you influence the direction of the project is by is by giving them code that does what it needs to do, you know. 
um, by doing rather than just talking. Uh, and so there was some concerns about like lack of control over the direction, but I think we've had we've been working with them for a few months now, and I think they they're largely because um, the guys in the rest of the community have been so welcoming to us and so supportive of what we're trying to do that you know a lot of those that unease has kind of disappeared and people are kind of getting their heads around how how you work with an open source community now but um and then there was just a you know a bunch of paperwork you have to do when you ship a microsoft product code has to be of a certain quality and standard and that's you know you, you don't get a pass on that if the code if the code's open source it still has to pass all these standards and security checklists and things so we still had to go through all those and make sure the code you know it was up to quote microsoft quality um and you know and, and make sure we did all the same checks for security and things like that that we would do with uh we would do with microsoft code so you're putting a lot of time and resources from a microsoft point of view into this git um integration um so what does that mean for the tfvc then uh is it you guys going to start to slack off some of the resources and energy you put into that or are you going to do the same how's that going to work yeah um Right, well, so there's one version control team and there's one backlog. And I don't know if you, uh, if you've been, if you keep, if you've been keeping watch on the, um, on the service lately, you've been noticing that there's been a huge amount of improvements in the, um, you know, the web version control experiences for TFVC. So I think we're, and this is at the same time that we're a bit investing in the, in the Git stuff. So I think we're kind of showing that we're, we're investing in them. Centralized version control is, is not going away in my lifetime. You know, at least the next decade, <laughs> the centralized, centralized version control makes so much sense for so many people. Otherwise, TFS wouldn't be, you know, the leading uh, source control tool that it is. Um, it makes sense for banks. It makes sense for insurance companies. It makes sense for medical companies. But it makes sense for just a lot of, you know, at a broad scale. There's obviously teams inside that would use Git as well. But it makes sense um, for people that need, like, fine-grained control over paths um, you know the path-based security people who need um, you know to scale to code bases of millions of files people who need lots of binary files in their repository the way dvcs works is you download an entire copy of the repository every you know all of history you download that to your local machine so if you've got loads of different versions of binary files then really you're just downloading loads of different binary files and that's not going to that's not going to be a very good experience compared to a centralized version control where you only have to download the latest. You just download TIP. So um, there's loads of reasons why everybody is going to need centralized version control in the future. There's loads of reasons why people are going to need distributed version control in the future as well. And we want to provide the choice of workflow for version control that suits you best while still maintaining all the stuff that we love about TFS, you know, the the work item linking, the the integration between builds and uh, work items and requirements and source check-ins and all that reporting goodness and just all that stuff that TFS, you know, test case management and all that stuff that TFS gives you. Uh, yeah, we want to have all that and let you pick the workflow that works best for you. So no, TFEC definitely is not going away in my lifetime. <laughs> I can guarantee it. And uh, nice. uh, we'll, we'll invest in both. <laughs> and we're even, even to the extent that we want to make sure that the choice between Git or TFEC as your repository for your project is one you're making because of the workflow that you want, not for individual features that you want. So we're going to make sure we do things like over on the TFVC side, we're going to add Simlink support for TFEC which is a frequent ask from Unix customers because uh, Git has it, so we should have it, you know, over in TFVC. 
So let's do that. It should, it, we need features like that in both places. Uh, TFVC currently has branch visualization, but we don't have that for the Git side yet. So let's go make sure we've got equivalent branch visualization functionality for the Git side. The Git side doesn't currently have, you know, like a code review and a my work experience. So we've got to figure out something to do there. And you know, there's, we've got to we've got to make sure we have parity on kind of features, but they work they work very 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 differently. Git's good for different things than TFVC is good for. So this is all great and everything, but uh, when can when is it going to be shipped? It's not currently shipped yet. Um, oh, oh, so when is. can we expect it? It's shipped. It's available today. You can if you go to uh, tfs.visualstudio.com. It, it, we turn on the feature flags yesterday morning, so you can go and you, ah, can, okay. you can go and create a new team project with uh, with Git enabled in TFS um, on the, in the cloud. And then you can go to if you go to aka.ms whack git number four vs git for vs then you can actually download the um the visual studio extension for git and install that into visual studio 2012 you need the update to ctp2 this is like this is only for your bleeding edge people this is you know this is this is uh this is for your early adopters this isn't you know this isn't for everybody yet. It's, a, it's an early preview of uh of um update two and an early preview of, uh, of the git tooling but uh yeah the you know the server's up and running and then as i said we'll ship it into um we'll ship it into a future version of tfs the git stuff on the server and uh and it'll you know come into on-premises in the next major release and then we'll also um be including it inside visual studio in the next major release every single edition including express so if you're a free you know if you're a a kid hacking around on an ASP.NET site or at home or a Windows Store application at home and you just doing it at home, you never even sharing it with anyone, you can still benefit from version control. Even even without using the service, you can still benefit from version control because you can do it all locally. And then you can sign up with the service and get a free account if it's just you or less than five people. And you can push your changes up to the cloud and have free backup of your code. And yeah, we're, we're just trying to, we're trying to make software development better here and make, you know, do, the, do make our platforms as productive as possible so it all fits in that general general mission, really. One important thing to note, we'll talk about uh, Visual Studio 2012 Update 2 in a second here, but uh, there's that CTP is a not-go-live CTP. That's you know, so right. Everybody, like uh, Martin was saying, it's uh, you know definitely you know bleeding-edge kind of thing um, if you want that Visual Studio extension. Yeah, and it's not the kind of extension, you know, when, when the RTM version of it comes out, you can install it on top of the CTP for Visual Studio, but it's, you know, there are bugs in the CTP, you know, for sure, and it's not feature complete yet either, so, um, yeah, it, but it's not the sort of, it's not the kind of thing that you're going to have to repave your machine for to, to recover from, hopefully. Uh, it's, um, you can just install the RTM version over the top of it, so, but, but buyer beware, you know. It's, it is early builds. Cool. So about uh, so beyond Git for uh, Visual Studio and TFS, uh, Brian Harry announced the Visual Studio 2012 update too. Mm, some great stuff in there. So um, the probably the biggest thing for me personally is the um, the web test case management, mainly because. Um, we just started using it last week because we do we have test case management for Team Explorer everywhere, and it was always a bit of a pain because when we're doing it on the Mac and things, we have to have the Windows machine next to the Mac, and you know you run for your test plan and you click the button over on the Mac, and then you move. No, you you do the thing on the Mac, and then you click the yes button over on the PC, and you know it, it was a bit painful. Whereas now we've got this web test case management, and you just press play on a test run, and then you go do the testing. You can even create your test steps in the web as well. It's uh, 
yeah, it's actually really, really cool. So that that was um that was a big thing for me personally. We, it, as well as that, we've added um, uh, fakes and stubs. Is it down into premium? I can never remember. Peter, Peter will kill me. Peter Ross. Um, we've added a bunch of that stuff down into premium. We've added um, some really good unit testing improvements uh, into the tools as well. So um, yeah, there's been some good changes there. We've also on the TFS side added work item tagging which is just brilliant it, it, it's still it's early versions of tagging but even now it's just really useful so you know how um you just want to group like features and stories and requirements you just want to ad hoc group them sometimes and we can use areas and iteration paths and things but sometimes you want more than just one dimension you want you know you want lots of different tags so we just added tagging so you can you can tag a work item with whatever you want and then you can filter your work items in in both the work item query list and also inside of the product backlog and you just filter them by work item it's cool did he announce i didn't see any time frame because like i said it's ctp now no I don't, I don't think he's announced any time frame but you know we've been fairly regular over updates so um hopefully it'll be you know it'll be a quick turnaround for update two and there's still stuff that's coming in it that's not there yet. Brian actually showed off in the ALM Summit um, Kanban support for customizable columns. One of the one of the big asks is to be able to customize the columns easily without having to change your process template because you can't do that in the service and people generally don't like doing it anyway. Kanban's all about continuous improvement. You shouldn't have any friction, you know. So um, yeah, so he he, you know, he 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 demoed and showed that, but that's not actually in this CTP. That's coming uh, soon. If you if you want a roundup of all the stuff that Brian actually announced, if you go to um, httptinyurl.com whack uh, vs two o one two two so 2012 two then that'll uh that'll give you all the details from brian yeah i think one of the, the you know one of those little things the visual studio blue theme <laughs> they're baking the blue theme in so you can choose between light and dark and now kind of like the visual studio 2010 oh is that why people like it i was wondering what that was yeah. all about because i was seeing some snarky comments on brian's on brian's blog going woo i get to pick blue now yeah <laughs> but oh okay i wondered why they'd gone. I, I had no idea why they'd gone for blue i thought that was a really unusual choice i quite like the light theme a lot of the devs say use the black theme so yeah that's interesting huh funny yeah. Hey, while I'm talking about while we're talking about the service and the Git stuff, I should probably mention as well. If you go to um, tinyurl.com/slash/start-git-vs, it'll it's a blog post written by Matt Mitrick, who runs the version control team, and um, Andy Lewis, who's one of the, uh, our best um, uh, you know user education guys. writes writes a lot of the MSDN docs and a lot of the doc content on uh, the Learn portal at um, at tfs.visualstudio.com. But if you go, if you go there, you can um, go learn a bit more about um, how to just get started, and it links you to all the various, you know, download links to all the bits, and it gives you a quick run through, and then sends you off to the learning content that that lives over at tfs.visualstudio.com. Great. Well, I think it's that time of the show. Um, episode 55 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM Consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email at sales at sasmadeeasy.com. And we have to you know, thank them and thank you, Paul, for uh, making this show possible. Right on. Thanks. So 
Now, one of the things, you know, we talk about Team Foundation service, Team Foundation server. Uh, one of the cool things about the service, which, you know, Martin was saying was free for up to five people, is that you can get some of these things that we were talking about that are coming in update two, you can get them early. You know, Martin was talking about uh, work item tagging and how cool that's going to be. Well, as of January 30th, and you can read more information about this at uh, tinyurl.com, TFS, J-A-N, as in January, J-A-N 30, um, you can start playing with work item tagging right now. So on, if you're a member of TFS service, and you ha- if you, you've, you've all done that, right? Everybody's got one of these. You, you sign up for free. There's no reason why you shouldn't go to tfs.visualstudio.com. Um, and, and you can start playing with this stuff now. You can start using it in your private projects, not open source projects, but private projects right now. And you can start playing with this tagging. And you can see how cool it is. And I'm Brian Harry's post, uh, which is talks about the, second, the release guys, notes sorry. for this. Sorry, guys. Uh, talks about it. And there's lots of screenshots on it. And of course, he talked about the Git support that's been added. You know, we've already talked about Git, 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 Git. Um, and then, you know, Martin was also talking about that test case management and how cool it is on the web and stuff and how we're going to get it in service and we're all going to get it here in update two. Well, you can get it now in the Team Foundation service. And, and you can see there's uh, samples here of the test runner actually running via the website. So you don't have to install the test professional. You can just do this all via the web. And, and like I said, uh, are, are you guys there yet? You know, are, are, you're not. You should be playing with it. You know, so um, its price is really, really hard to beat. Hey guys, so what if uh, Martin? What if one you, you wanted to move from the TF service source control to Git? Yeah, but probably worth mentioning as well that the the Git stuff isn't in update two. Um, the the Git stuff will be coming in a future release. It definitely won't be in update two of the on premise server. But work item tagging and you know the the test case management bits will, will be there if you've got appropriate licenses and what have you so yeah so moving code between tfvc and git repositories that's um done using you remember a while ago we had this open source project called git tf which we started right it all becomes clear now (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah that was an open source project we did to help you move code um between one and the other and um if you go to uh sorry if you go to a uh, tinyurl.com slash um sorry i've just lost the uh i've lost the shortcut link there uh, tinyurl.com slash tfs sorry tfsv to git then you can uh, read an article by richie jamiara about um how to how to yeah how to do this and you just basically use git tf um use a git tf if you install the git tf command then you type git space tf clone hyphen hyphen deep and you do the uh, you do the URL of your server and where you want to clone it to, and it creates a new repository for you that contains the contents of your TFS repository, including history, which is pretty cool. Um, one thing I'll mention though is that um, if you take any if you were to take a TFS repository over in its entirety, then you're probably doing it wrong. If you do it. So if you take over a project collection, not project collection, sorry, uh, uh, you know, a, a team project like dollar slash team project over to a Git repository, you're probably doing it wrong, um, especially if you've got branches in there, because the way Git works is you, you branch across the entire repository. You don't branch across, um, you don't branch, you know, in path space like you do in TFVC. And so probably what you want to be doing is 
cloning a branch, you know, cloning your main branch over to Tia to Git. Um, and even then, you probably want to, um, you might want to look at how you structure your code because of what I was saying, how if you've got a lot of binary files checked into version control, then that's a, that's a smell that maybe this isn't right for Git. Maybe it's TFEC, you know. There's a few sort of decisions you want to make there. But yeah, generally speaking, it's very easy. You just do Git TF clone. Um, and that brings the code over into into Git. And then, obviously, if you want to go the other way around, um, if you if you're in if you're working in Git day to day or with a smaller team, and then you need to push code into TFVC to make it part of the mainline product, that's exactly what we have to do inside Visual Studio because the 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 the, the, the Git provider for Visual Studio is is um, all hosted in a Git project, and then it's packaged up and pushed into the mainline TFS code. Uh, every now and then, and that um, you do that using Git TF uh, check in, and it allows you to check in code into TFS from a Git repository, and allows you to do things like you can actually replay back the commits if you want to. The default behavior is just to do a single check in uh, that contains your changes that you've been doing over in Git. But if you want, you can actually see you know you can do a check in for every single commit you've done in your Git repository into TFS. So there we go. Wow, that's pretty cool. Nice. And where was that at, Martin? That was tinyurl slash tinyurl dot com slash tfsv two to git. Nice. So, um, some of the things I've been doing lately is uh, upgrades. I don't know if um, people out there are still doing upgrades or or where people are at with that, but or you guys are doing it, um, Greg or not. But um, we uh we run into a lot of upgrades. Um, and so there's a nice post out there, and I'm not even gonna try and pronounce the name. Uh, it's Venkata. <laughs> And I don't know the last name. I'm not going to try to kill it. So, but it's tinyurl.com slash 2TFS2012. That's T-O-T-F-S 2012. And uh, I basically describe some of the upgrade options that are available to you. And I get this a lot. As you know, I'm on Visual Studio 2008 or 2005 even. Wow. How do I get to TFS 2012 um, or TFS 2005, I should say? How do I get there? And so this post really kind of goes through some of the different uh, workflows that you can go through to get to where you need to go with uh, TFS 2012 to get there. And, and bottom line is if you're not on TFS 2008 SP1 or higher, um, you're going to need to be if you want to get to 2012. There is no other way to go from TFS 2005 or even TFS 2008 plane um, to TFS 2012 without doing that. And even so, you're going to be doing a migration upgrade coming from, from TFS 2008 SP1 into TFS 2012. Um, 2010 to 2012, you can do an in-place upgrade. You can do a migration upgrade. There's a couple of different options available to you there um, on how you want to go about it. Um, but it's a good read and gives you some good ideas on how to plan your upgrade. And I do suggest people plan that upgrade and not just jump into it uh, because we've seen some, some issues already with people um, just jumping into it. Um, and not planning it out thoroughly enough and, and testing it. Um, I can't, I can't stress enough for people to go through and test their upgrade before they do it in production, um, to make sure that things are going to work the way they think they're going to and back up and snapshot those VMs or whatever it is you're using. Make sure you have a backup strategy for, um, for rolling back to, uh, something that does go haywire on you. So that's kind of where I've been living lately. And, um, it's nice. It's nice to see people adopting TFS 2012, um, as much as they are. Um, you know, I still have some people that, that aren't ready to go there yet, but that's okay. They'll get there. How are you doing, Greg? Are you are you anywhere closer to getting to 2012 yet? You know, it, it, that's kind of a hard question. We've only got a few people that are using it here. There's four of us using it here, and it's they're all pretty much uh, still even in um, VS 2010. 
we're not we're using it i'm using it for work item tracking you know we're you know a monsterly small shop so uh, we're not using any of the sharepoint stuff i don't think we have it installed we're not using any of the reporting stuff um you know we're all pretty much independent kind of developers we all have our own little projects that we're working on or areas of of the business that we're working on you know we're not sharing a lot of code between us We, we definitely don't have like a qa group or department we're just too small for that um so, you know, it's not something that I've wanted or needed to push hard for. And I keep going back and forth like, yeah, we should do it. I mean, I'm in Visual Studio 2012 all day, except for when I have to do, you know, build MSIs or something and I have to fall back to 2010. But uh, um, so for me, the biggest things are local workspaces and the web interface, you know, they're the two killer features for me for going to 2012. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. But anyway. Yeah, you're still allowed to co-host the show. You keep us grounded in reality. <laughs> Not going to kick you out yet, huh? Uh-huh. So any, uh, any cool. Well, I think news? we're getting closer to the end of the show. Um, there was one item that I wanted to mention. When last week, our last show, we mentioned, I, I think, the OData service, um, the beta that you could download for Team Foundation server. Well, Brian Keller announced that the OData is now available for Team Foundation service. If you go to tinyurl.com, OData, T-F-S-2, you, you can get to his post. And he talks about uh, the service. He gives you a lot of good links, both the OData. You know, I bet you I'll you know put money on it that a lot of you out there don't really know what OData is. So there's some links here to that. There's links to the Team Foundation server page. Um, uh, you know, tfsodata.visualstudio.com that talks about uh, this service, the API, the things that you can do on it. Yeah, and it, you will actually, if you go to that page again, tfsodata.visualstudio.com, and look at the stuff that you can do via OData builds, build definition, change sets, branches, work items, links, projects, you know, the area paths, the, all of that stuff is all available via, you know, URLs, you can get to it, um, which means that you know if you can write a client that talks to you know off of port eighty or actually it's uh, HTTPS, yeah HTTPS, so um, you know for port three, then you can talk to Team Foundation Server. Now, what I don't know is will this work if you're, if you're talking about you know change sets? And well, it should work. Why wouldn't it not work with if you are using Git on Team Foundation service? Um, it probably doesn't. I would have to. I'd have to ask something for me to look at. It probably doesn't because it's a completely different um, part of the object model. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Probably it probably doesn't know. Okay. But most of the other things that you're not actually talking source control, your you know work items and you know attachments and the you know build definitions and all that good kind of stuff. But anyway, um, not to get sidetracked. But you know, again, if you can talk for 43, you can talk to Team Foundation Service and you can build applications on it. And Brian talks about you know a Windows um, 8 store application that talks to the Team Foundation Service. So uh, yeah, just. Uh, you're building your own cool dashboards and, and these kind of things. Everybody likes the tile interface. Well, not everybody likes the tile interface, but um, once you get actually used to the tile interface and start getting into it, you actually do like it. And on a total side note, talk about going off the rails. Um, you know, the tile UI. As much as people seem to malign Windows 8, the tile metaphor. I am seeing that in you know 
all over the place in third party products. I'm seeing people who were, you know, they were whining about, you know, Windows 8, I don't like it. And then they were talking about how much they like the tile interface. So, you know, that kind of metaphor, I think, is really starting to, to, to pick up. And that will, you know, drag Windows 8 along with it or Windows 8 along with the tiles or whatever. But, um, so for the post you can read all about it and you can get um by the way that you know the source for that windows 8 application is available um, and you can start playing with it today cool great stuff well it's been a a busy old uh week and I want to thank everybody that came up guys we should we should get you out for the next alm summit because um at the amount i was in i was in a session uh yesterday morning and i was like so you know somebody mentioned radio tfs i was like who who listens to radio tfs and there was there was like more than three hands up it was unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> and my was, mom wasn't there no oh my God. i know it was yeah. like a sizable percentage of the room i was like wow so um yeah it, it was absolutely honor people kept coming up and there was actually some demand for us to do a live one so which is quite crazy so uh yeah but, well i think we should definitely get you both up for the try and get you both up for the next ALM Summit because it's been a really good week and some really good conversations with everybody about one of the things I love about the ALM Summit is um, that it's all um, a lot of the conversations are sort of quite high level it's not it's not all technology stuff it's not all just a, a big you know TFS or Visual Studio ALM show it's a lot more it's a lot more broad than you might think you know with it being hosted on campus it's actually not a Microsoft conference at all so um yeah, it's worth coming to. And if you want, if you go to, the, I'm sure the videos will be getting posted soon. So if you keep an eye on www.alm-summit, uh, that's S-U-M-M-I-T dot com, then um, I'm sure there'll be information there on the videos. Catch up on some of the sessions. There have been some really good sessions and also some really good uh, conversations. I was involved in a Birds of a Feather conversation yesterday afternoon that was just fascinating. Just people discussing best practices and ways that they're solving deployment problems and things like that. It's really it's been a really good week. Anyway, uh, that's probably enough for the show. It's been a long one. Um, we've, it's been, it's been lots of good news. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, make sure you go over to tfs.visualstudio.com, try out all the new bits, and we shall speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Mm-hmm.